0: Forsake you. Hallelujah. Somebody call on the name of Jesus. Come on. He's in this place. Why don't you get everything you can get from God? Hallelujah. Come on. As we start a new year, let's start it right. Jesus come on it's all about Jesus let's give him praise it's all about Jesus come on maybe you're visiting you need to give God your life right now you need to lift up your voice and give God your heart right now Come on, let's love him for a few more moments. Somebody lift up your hands and your voice and your heart. Come on. He's in this house. He's in this house. Come on, you feel the presence of God. It happens when we worship, when we praise him. Hallelujah. He inhabits those praises. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord here on this first Sunday of 2022. How many is excited to be here in the house of the Lord? Amen. I'm thankful to be in God's presence and to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord today. I trust that you had a good holiday season good christmas and new year's amen and i i told uh the church at prayer last night uh, you know it's it's an old phrase put the pedal to the metal you know what i mean that's when you put your foot down on the gas what do you say this year we just put the pedal to the metal in winning our winning our city come on what do you say we just put the pedal to the metal in taking dominion over the darkness of this region What do you say we just put the pedal to metal in worship and in prayer? Come on, somebody. Let's give the Lord some praise. I say we go all in this year. Amen? Praise God. It's so good to have our friend Millie in the house of the Lord with us. In Jesus' name, good to have you. And all of our guests and visitors, we're so delighted that you are in the house of the Lord with us. At this time, we would like to dismiss our Sunday school students and their teachers. And Everybody say, God bless our kids. Everybody say, God bless our teachers. Amen. Thankful for all those that are sacrificing, amen, and giving of themselves to teach this next generation the things of God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and verse number 10. Amen. I'm so thankful for the presence of God that we feel here today and that. We are blessed to feel service by service, Amen. I don't take it lightly, and I don't take it for granted. I'm very grateful for God's presence, Amen. And uh, we've done it before, but man, if God ever wants to just take over, we're just go ahead, Lord. You can just take over, and we'll just worship and 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 trust God's gonna uh, bless somebody with a word, Amen. And I'm thankful to have that kind of atmosphere around here where you just, if you just lit a match, it might go up in in, in, in flames. In Jesus' name, Isaiah chapter forty-three and verse number 10. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 10. The Bible says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Everybody say before me. Neither shall there be after me. Everybody say, after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me, everybody say, beside me, there is no Savior. He said, before me there was no God. Beside me there's no other God. And in case you're wondering, even if there wasn't after me, there would be no other God. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this first Sunday of the year on this subject, after God, after God. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this building. Come on, would you lift up your voice? The presence of the Lord is already so tangible and thick in this house. God, we love you. We thank you, hallelujah, for the presence that we feel, for the worship that we have have experienced and encountered today. God, we're praying right now, Lord, that you would touch each and every heart, each and every life. God, help me to preach the word that you have given to me for this first Sunday of the year. I pray, God, that you would bless us, amen, throughout this next year, amen, that we would have this revelation and we would carry it with us, amen, throughout our city and throughout this region. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. There is only one God, and everybody said amen. Now, there's some people that would like to teach and believe that there's more than one God. Uh, They would like to divide God up into multiple parts. Amen. Amen. But I want to tell us here today that there is, in fact, only one God. Theologically speaking, there is only one God. The Bible declares in Deuteronomy chapter six and four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When the Pharisees asked Jesus, what is the greatest of all the commandments in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, he replied, quoting Deuteronomy six, four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Psalms 86 and 10 tells us, For thou art great and doest wondrous things. You are God alone. Isaiah 44 and 6 tells us, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first. And I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Jesus quoted the very same verse, speaking of himself in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Amen. I want to tell somebody here today there is only one God. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 35, he said, Unto thee, the people of God, it was showed that you might know that the Lord is God and there is none else beside him. Amen. I want to tell you that Jesus said it this way, that there is one that sat upon the throne. There's not two thrones. There's not three thrones. There's not 3,000 thrones. There is only one throne, and it is Jesus that is seated upon that throne. Somebody ought to give him praise here today. Amen. The New Testament teaches us that without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifested in the flesh. Not a piece of God, not a part of God, but God himself was manifested in the flesh. Amen. John tells us this, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 and 14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The same Word that moved across the nothingness of creation and began to speak let there be light that almighty God manifested himself in the flesh and became like you and I so that he might die for us so that he might be buried for us so that he might rise again for us so that we who were dead in our trespasses and sins might not have to live any longer in them but that we might be redeemed we have one God Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5 sums it up this way. uh, One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. I want to tell you this one God takes care of it all. Amen. Colossians 2 and 9 speaking of Jesus. For in Christ lives and dwells all the fullness of God in human body. Or in the fullness of God, amen, dwelt in him. I want to tell you, everything that you and I need is all found in that one God whose name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I, I like to take the first Sunday of the year, and sometimes I, I do it and sometimes I don't. But I, I want to I help us understand that in theology, God is one, but people don't live by theology. Man, people don't live by uh, doctrines. They don't necessarily live by, amen, what they see in the word of the Lord. Typically, they live by experience. Typically, they live by their emotions, amen. But I, I want to tell you that there is a connection between this belief system that God is one, amen, in, in theology. Because there's a connection in something called experience, Amen. Unlike the agnostics that believe that God exists, but he doesn't care about us. Amen. We believe that God is so interested in each and every one of our lives that not only is there one God, amen, but that one God is, is interested in the lives of every person that is sitting on these seats today and every person that is walking the streets of Carson City and every person, amen, inside this entire region and entire inside this entire world for the Bible queries that God so loved the world. I want to tell you, God loves you. God loves your world. God, lo- God is interested in each of us. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. This is why when he opened up this scripture to tell us that there was no God before him, there was no God beside him, and there wouldn't be a God after him, he started it off by saying it this way, you are my witnesses. Amen. I want to tell you that there's a lot of people that worship a plethora of deities. They worship uh, uh, statues and idols. And some people, they no longer have silver or gold. Uh, They now have posters on their wall. They have, amen, repostings on their Instagram. It may not have, amen, be made of clay. It may not be made of silver or gold. But it's no less a deity in their eyes. uh, And it's no less a God in their eyes. uh, Amen. But I want to tell you that not one of them can tell us, uh, amen, about an encounter that they had uh, with that object uh, or with that image uh, that ever changed their life. Uh, But I am in a room of people that can each and every one begin to proclaim uh, that when they had an encounter with Jesus, uh, it changed them forever. I'm preaching to a bunch of witnesses. Do I have any witnesses in the house? I'm talking about eyewitnesses. We have seen God do too much. I'm talking about people that were there. We have experienced and encountered way too much for us to not believe in an almighty God. Somebody ought to give that God praise. Testify and witness with your praise. Across this building are people that have witnessed God's greatness. Amen. All across this building there are people here today that have witnessed the miracle miracle working power of God. Uh, there are people, amen, that can testify about God's goodness. They can testify about God's mercy. They can testify about what they were before God showed up. Amen. They can tell you all the things they'd experienced and encountered. Amen. But they can also tell you about the day that the Almighty God, uh, amen, was no longer just a theology and an idea, but he became an encounter and he became an experience. I want to tell you that God didn't want to sit up on his throne in heaven, uh, amen, all of the time. The Bible says he came down into the likeness of sinful flesh uh, for you and I. He wanted to have interaction with us. Uh, he wanted to have an encounter with us. Uh, amen, God was not satisfied uh, staying up at his throne in heaven. Uh, God looked down at you and I uh, and said, I want the closeness I had with Adam. When I walked Walk by beside him in the garden in the cool of the day. I want to come among my people. We've got people. He said, you are my witnesses. God's people of any people are the ones that can witness and testify. We could stand, we could get on the stand today and one by one, we could each begin to proclaim the goodness of God in our lives. amen, he wanted Israel, He wanted the people of God and the church of the Living God to know that they have a job to do, that they are called to be witnesses. Man, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but on the first, of the first Sunday of the year, I might as well talk about it. amen, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power after you get the Holy Ghost and it comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Amen I want to tell you that when you and I got the Holy Ghost, it wasn't just uh, amen, for, for our salvation, it was for our empowerment. When you get the Holy Ghost and you begin to speak in other tongues, I want to tell you it's not just so you can have, amen, a spiritual encounter for yourself, but God is giving you power so that you can go out and tell somebody else. I want to tell you what's going to turn this city upside down. It's people that God is filled with His Spirit that begin to go around to their jobs and begin to witness about the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to tell you what's going to turn this city upside down. It's when people filled with the Holy Ghost and full of faith, began to go, amen, to the grocery store and tell people about Jesus. Amen. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise. I came to preach to somebody. God already ordained. You are his witness. You are his. He could have easily let, have easily let just the book be his witness. Amen. The word of God be his witness. But he said, no, I'm going to empower people to be my witness. Amen. He said, you are my witnesses. In other words, those that have have encountered and experienced it for themselves. For who better than Israel would know the power of God? Amen. They had been in bondage for 430 years. They had endured beatings and whippings. And yet when God brought them out, the Bible says he brought them out with a mighty hand. He brought them out with a mighty hand. Uh, He he, he took plague after plague after plague. Uh, Amen. It wasn't just to defeat Egypt, uh, but it was to show to Israel that your God is a powerful God, uh, that your God is greater than any other deity. Uh, Amen. He wanted them to know Amen, that they worship the sun. Uh, I'm going to block the sun. They worship the Nile. I'm going to turn it into blood. Uh, They even worship all of the creatures around there. He said, I'm going to take them out one by one, uh, that Israel might know there's only one God, amen, and that one God has power. Israel. You might have people around you in Egypt uh, that believe in a plethora of deities, uh, but I want you to know there's only one God. uh, And later you're going to end up uh, Amen, in the promised land with people that worship idols and worship other things that they call God. That is not God at all, but I want to remind you there's only one God that can part waters. Uh, There's only one God uh, Amen, that can make walls fall down. Uh, There's only one God that can make water come out of a rock. Uh, There's only one God come on somebody uh, that can absolutely bring miraculous power and they encountered it they encountered it and they were witnesses he said you're a witness of the theology there's only one God idol worshipers have nothing to say as witnesses because their gods don't do anything The Bible even declares that they have hands, but they can't feel. They have mouths, but they can't speak. They have feet, but they can't go. I want to tell you there's some people that they may not have those physical idols anymore, but they have idols of men. Hallelujah. They've got idols of actors and idols of stars and idols of sports and athletes and, and, and they've got, there's some people that would go as far as to tattoo somebody's name or number on their chest, amen, and they'd go to a game and they go hog wild and then when they come to church everybody says sit down and be quiet. I want to tell you that's idolatry of the 21st century, amen, the world does not deserve the praise that our God deserves, mankind does not deserve the praise that our God deserves because last time I checked, uh, amen, no sports star ever healed me. Last time I checked, uh, no actor ever delivered me. Last time I checked, last time I checked, money only did was ever pay bills. Uh, amen, but it never healed my body. Last time I checked, uh, amen, the boss was a great guy, but he never healed my body or saved my soul. Amen, our world's created idols out of all sorts of things. Amen, but they can't really testify or be a witness, amen, to anything miraculous. Amen, amen, but there are people here today that could all stand up one by one and testify and witness to the power of God. Has any, anybody in the building ever been healed? Sick in your body and God has healed you. Amen, you've got a testimony here today. Come on, has anybody ever been broken? God blessed you when you needed it. Come on, bills, you need it. Come on, look across the building. I want to tell you, you're a witness to God's goodness. Uh, Has anybody ever needed deliverance from shame, guilt, or sin itself? Uh, Why don't you lift your hand? God did it. Uh, Amen. I want you to look around the building. Uh, You're standing around a bunch of witnesses uh, that can all testify to you uh, about the encounter they had with Jesus that changed them forever. I think we ought to give God a, a few moments of praise. Come on, why don't you testify with your worship and testify with your praise? God did it for me, and he can do it for somebody else. God healed my body. He can heal somebody else's body. God saved my soul. He can save somebody else's soul. Somebody give him a shout of praise. But He wanted Israel to remember, you have witnessed my power. And we must never forget, we have witnessed God's power. And if you have yet to witness or encounter God's power, you can have it today. Hallelujah. If you're just starting this journey, just starting this walk, maybe this is your first time to church. Amen. I remember when I first walked in the house of the Lord, I thought everybody was crazy. Amen. Uh, Little did I know. Amen. I I, I just hadn't had the encounter they had had yet. And once I got a, t- I just got a touch from Jesus, uh, and it changed me forever. Amen. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think everybody was crazy anymore. They started thinking I was crazy. Amen. And so we, we, need, to, we need to remember that we have encountered and we have witnessed the power of God. Uh, amen. And, and it is important for us to understand that. We must never forget it. Uh, amen. But it is also that we could know that there was nobody else that did that for us. He said before me. There was no other God formed, and you're a witness to that. Because before me, anybody know about before me? Hallelujah. Anybody have a before me? Well, let's put it in some modern terms. B.C. Anybody got some B.C.? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Now they change that, B.C.E., and I'll let you use that because it's offensive. But you know what B.C.E. is? B.C. is before Christ. Anybody got a before Christ? Okay, I got a, I got a before Christ. Hey, Amen. If you. If you don't have a before Christ, you might be in your before Christ, and we're going to get you up out of your before Christ, hallelujah, before the day's done. But, but, but that, that moment before Christ, amen, is a representation of before God came into your life. And who better to testify and to witness than those that have a good memory of what life was like before Christ? Amen. I want to tell you that before Christ, uh, amen, there were people here in this building that were addicted to drugs and addicted to alcohol, Uh, that before Christ uh, there were people that were sick and infirmed, uh, but God has touched them uh, and God has healed them, Uh, that before Christ uh, there were people in this building that could testify and witness my marriage was falling apart, but God showed up and put it back together, that before Christ uh, there was nothing but hurt, pain, and abuse, uh, But after Christ came in, everything changed and everything shifted. I want to tell you that you had nothing before Christ, but you can witness, amen, and testify to what changes when God comes into your life. There was no God formed before me. And they could testify to that. They knew what it was to be in bondage before Christ, before God. But then he he presents something that's unique. He says, neither shall there be after me. I want to talk about this for just a moment. We won't be here too long today. Amen. Not only is he saying that there's no other gods before me, that that, that there was not a deity before the God we serve. Amen. But he also wanted us to know there's no junior gods. (laughs) There's no second class gods. Amen, there was no God formed before the Lord. In fact, the God we serve was not formed. But then he says, there will not be one after me. Think about this for a moment. A God, think about the idea, the concept of God. To be God means you were not formed, but you were the one that did the forming. To be God, you were not empowered. You were the one with power a God that has no beginning or end. In fact, he stated it multiple times that he was and is the beginning and the end. He had no beginning. He was the beginning. And he put forth a hypothetical scenario that even in the event that there was an after me, even in the moment, if there was an after God, he is stating that even if the almighty God that is outside of time and the one that is eternal that continues on after time stops being, the God that fills both time and space, he's infinite, he's eternal, he has no beginning or end. You can't spread God thin. You can't run him out. You can't wear him out. He said that even if I were to cease from existing, I want to let you know how important it is for you to get this revelation that even after me, even after God, even after I stop being or stop existing, if it were even possible, he wanted the children of Israel to know that even after me, there would not be any other gods. Now, I came to preach to somebody. You got your memory of a before Christ. uh, Amen, but I want to tell somebody if you have yet to get an an encounter uh, of what would happen uh, after God, I want to give you a hope here today uh, that you can have a testimony and be a witness uh, to what happens after God. Because the moment we encounter the one true living God, it will wreck us for the rest of our lives. What I mean by that is just one taste of the one true God will make other deities realize that they're not deities when you have one touch from Jesus it makes you realize that nobody in the entire world can do me like Jesus. Can nobody heal me like the Lord? I want to tell somebody that once you have one encounter with Jesus whatever you had before begins to fade into the past. Whatever you had before Christ begins to evaporate because you get a revelation that there's nothing after God. Once I meet jesus i met everything i need once i get jesus i got everything i need once i get a hold of god it's gonna change my life forever somebody lift up your hands and let's pray for just a moment come on somebody lift up your voice come on let's pray Come on, once you get a hold of Jesus, once you have an encounter with Jesus, uh, there's nothing after him. There's nothing after him. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing to look, there's nothing to look towards after him. Uh, amen. Once you get a hold of Jesus, you don't have to look to drugs anymore. Uh, once you get a hold of Jesus, you don't, need, you don't need to look at things on the internet anymore. Uh, once you get a hold of Jesus, it can forever change you. In this hypothetical situation of after God. He is letting us know that there would not be another. Amen. I want to tell you, once you encounter Jesus, and I'm talking about a real encounter. I'm not talking about a religious encounter where you just, you came and shake the preacher's hand. You met me. You didn't meet Jesus. Hopefully you meet Jesus in me, but you didn't meet Jesus. I'm talking about more than a religious encounter of you went to church one time and shook a preacher's hand, got your name written down on a card. I'm talking about when you have the power of the Holy Ghost hit you in an altar. You don't need to look for another, Amen. They showed up to John and said, "Is this really the one, uh, or do we look for another?" And John had enough sense uh, to remind them, uh, "This is the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. This is the one that we've been waiting for uh, all this uh, all since men sinned. Uh, this is the one we've been praying for, prophesying about." Uh, can I preach to you that when Jesus enters your life, uh, you don't need anything else. Uh, once you get Jesus, uh, you got everything you need. Somebody ought to give him praise if there's a witness in the house of the Lord. Even if God vanished, he was letting them know there's nobody and nothing that is worthy enough or powerful enough to take my throne. Hallelujah. I came to preach to somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Amen. That even if God ceased to exist, uh, there is nothing uh, that is deserving enough uh, to sit upon the throne. In fact, uh, if there wasn't after God, uh, the throne would cease to exist. Uh, the life that we have would cease to exist. Uh, the world that what the Bible says was framed by the Word of God that is held by the hand of God. Everything we see and see and exist uh, would, would completely fade away and it would cease. To exist from that moment. Uh, amen. But I want to remind somebody uh, that even if there was an after God, there is nothing uh, that has the power uh, or has the authority to take his place. And this is where I've come to talk to somebody. If in the hypothetical situation that there was nothing after God, we must be careful. That after we've had an encounter with God, we don't try to replicate something else. Hallelujah. As we enter this new year, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us to manufacture things that replace God. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for us to start thinking that uh, our own understanding should replace God's wisdom. Amen. There's going to be a lot of opportunities this next year full of challenges and troubles uh, where we're going to start thinking that there's something else, uh, amen, that we might be missing. But I want to tell you that everything you have, uh, everything you have in Jesus is all that you need. Uh, Amen. I want to tell you that, uh, amen, when you realize uh, that I've got everything I need in Jesus, Uh, I don't need to prop up any idols. Uh, I don't need to prop up any gods uh, because there's nothing uh, like Jesus. There's nobody uh, like Jesus. Uh, Amen. This speaks to those uh, that have known him as their God. Uh, That once you come in contact uh, with the real God, uh, it completely Amen, eradicates all of the other gods. Uh, Amen. Nothing else can be considered God from that point forward. Uh, There's people that up until this point, uh, you've been religious. Uh, Up until this point, maybe you've been a church goer. Up until this point, maybe you had a concept of god but you have yet to encounter god amen i want to tell you that when you have one encounter with god all the other things you propped up in your life are going to begin to fall down because he won't have any other gods beside him and there won't be any other gods after him that god becomes your god from this point on that one encounter with jesus will change you forever somebody lift up your hands and pray i'm just about done preaching Come on, in this next year, I I challenge somebody uh, to have an encounter with Jesus, uh, to just have one encounter with Jesus, uh, and you'll realize uh, everything I need is found in him. Uh, If I need peace, uh, I can find it in the Prince Prince of Peace. uh, That if I need joy, I don't need to pop a pill, but I can go to the one uh, that gives me righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. uh, That if I need a little easing of my anxieties, uh, I can lay myself at the feet of Jesus uh, and be Begin to pray, and the God that holds the future in his hands can take care of my anxiety. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. After you have an encounter with Jesus, it'll change your mentality. After you have an encounter with Jesus, it'll change your perspective. After you have an encounter with Jesus, it'll completely completely take all the other things that you've been putting in his place out of the way. I want to remind somebody. About the B.C. That B.C., the Bible tells us that there was a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And they took her full of shame and guilt, full of sin and mistakes, and they threw her at the feet of Jesus. That's B.C. But the Bible says Jesus got down on his knees and began writing in the sand, and I don't believe it. You know, everybody's got a theology about what, what he wrote in the sand. Maybe he wrote down everybody's sins. And I don't, I don't really think that was the case. What I think really was happening is that Jesus was giving this woman at an at, at an at an encounter. He was giving her an opportunity to experience him and encounter him in a way that she had never encountered him. So that all other lovers would no longer would no longer seem like lovers. Amen. That that, that now these things she's been doing would no longer be as important as maybe she's put emphasis on. They they threw her down at the feet of Jesus, but they made a mistake. That was the best place they could have ever put her. Amen. Because Jesus got down, uh, amen, and I have, every, I, I have every bit of faith to believe uh, that Jesus didn't get down just right in the sand, but he got down so he could get an eye-to-eye level with her and begin to tell her, amen, without words, uh, I'm not going to condemn you. Uh, in fact, I got more love for you than you can find in a one-night stand. You know what Carson City needs? They need an encounter with the one that can look them in the eyes and say, I know what you've been. I know what you've done, but I also know what you can be. Somebody ought to give God praise. I know where you've been, who you were with, but I also know what I can do with your life. Before Christ, she was all messed up. But after Christ, after God, The Bible says she got up, he said, go your way and sin no more. Some people say that's a tough thing to say. Oh, yeah, it's a real tough thing to say. But you got to understand the encounter she had the encounter she had said, I don't ever want to be in that position again. I saw such flame in his eyes. I saw such love in his eyes. You know, she probably started thinking back, the reason I've been looking for love in all the wrong places is because I had yet to encounter the love of God. And the moment she encountered the love of God, I want to say after the love of God, she didn't want the love of another man. After the, after the love of God, she was completely transformed and completely changed. I believe it with all my heart that this woman ended up in the church of the living God. And she said it was that one encounter that after God got a hold of my life and got a hold of my heart, it changed me forever. If anybody's got that testimony, lift up your hands and give God praise. Let's stand across the building. Somebody worship the Lord. Somebody's going to have an encounter with Jesus. Somebody He's going to have an encounter with Jesus. Come on, you're going to have an you're going to have an encounter with God. That after God gets done with you, uh, you'll never be the same. Uh, there'll be no other gods after Him. Uh, there'll be no other relationships, uh, amen, quite like His. Uh, there'll never be any pursuit uh, after you get a hold of God. Amen. You got story and story and story throughout the Bible. The Bible tells us of a woman at the well. Who had had five husbands? Come on. Let's not act all holy for a moment. Let's realize we all have a B.C. She had five husbands. That means she had five failed marriages. You know, there's some people that only want people that are perfect to come to church. (laughs) You'd have an empty church. Or you're all hypocrites. Hallelujah. You know, a hypocrite is, is not somebody who's coming to church and failing. Amen, it's, 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 it's somebody who comes to church and acts like they're not failing. <laughs> a, a hypocrite literally means to be an actor. Somebody come help me out here. It means to be an actor where you act like everything's perfect. I've never struggled. That's where the Bible would say. You're a hypocrite. You know, there's fat people that go to the gym. We don't call them hypocrites. They're trying. Come on. Anyways, this woman had five husbands. And was currently shacked up with somebody who was not her husband. She had six men in her life that we know of. I ain't talking about in the, in the, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and the 2000s. I'm talking about Bible days. They, they didn't even have paper. She was getting bills of divorcement. You know what I'm talking about? Brother John, just, she's just writing on stone or something. I don't know what she's doing. Papyrus. She's just writing down on papyrus. Divorce. She's shacked up with the sixth man. And in walks the seventh man, but it ain't for a physical relationship. See, because our world right now, they're so wrapped up in the physical, they're so wrapped up uh, in the emotional, they're so wrapped up uh, in what what they can see and what's around them. Huh? And and as she comes, uh, well, there's somebody sitting there, uh, amen. And maybe she came uh, with different intentions, thinking, well, well, you know, maybe this relationship won't work out. Maybe I I'm just lucky to meet another man. Who knows? Some people come to church to find a spouse. I don't know. But she shows up to that well, but Jesus was sitting there. And he knew she had had five husbands, five failed marriages, and currently was shacked up and not even living right. But Jesus didn't condemn her because he knew you keep drinking out of wells that run dry. Every encounter you've had up until this moment has left you empty and left you thirsting for more. Every relationship you end and it fails and falls apart, you think to yourself, maybe the next one will be the best one. Jesus was waiting right there for her. And he knew just one drink of the water that I have for her and she'll never thirst again. Just one encounter with me and after I get done with her, she'll never thirst again. And you read your Bible. Amen. When she had one encounter with Jesus, she finally met the man that got rid of her man problems. The Bible says she went her way into the city. And she brought all the men of the city and said, I don't need any more of you. I found one man named Jesus, and he changed me forever. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Lift up your hands and let's pray. One encounter is all you need. One encounter is all you need, and it will change you forever. One encounter is all you need. You might have walked in with six different relationships that have all fallen apart, but you have to have a relationship with God, and it will change you forever. You'll never have to come back thirsty. You'll never have to come back addicted. You'll never have to come back, amen, the way you came in. God will change you, somebody pray. The Bible says, I'm just going to give you two more. The woman with the issue of blood had spent everything she had on physicians before God. But after she crawled through that crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she didn't need any other physicians once she got a hold of the great physician. She walked away Completely healed, and it didn't cost her one more penny. I came to preach to somebody, maybe you're sick in your body, and you tried going to doctors. I, I, I still believe God heals the body. I still believe God saves the soul. I still believe God can deliver. After God gets done with you, you won't need any of that stuff. The Bible talks about a wild man of Gadara possessed with a legion of devils. He lived in the tombs and in the mountains, crying and cutting himself He was crazy. We know he's crazy because he was naked everywhere. And he was suicidal. That was before God. But after God, the Bible says he was seated, clothed, and in his right mind. He ended up becoming a preacher according to church history. What can God do with each and every person in this building? One encounter is all it takes to turn your life around. I just come to tell somebody here today our city doesn't need another TED Talk uh, at church Amen. with another book report on the Bible. What they need is they need an encounter with Jesus. They need an encounter with the real God. Amen. I came to tell somebody uh, because once they come in contact with the real God, uh, there'll be nothing else after Him. Uh, amen. Once they get a hold of God, uh, amen, they won't need drugs after Him. Uh, they won't need counseling after Him. Uh, they Come on somebody. Uh, once they get a hold of Him, they won't Alcohol after him and parties after him and relationships after him. Once they get a hold of the one true living God, they'll be changed forever. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. Come on. Come on, you need an after him experience uh, that after God gets a hold of you, uh, water turns to wine and it never goes back to water again. Uh, That after God gets a hold of you, uh, he delivers you to the uttermost. He saves you to the uttermost. In fact, I want to open up this altar. I want us to come. Why don't you empty out your seat? come down to this front. Maybe you're visiting with us today and you have yet to encounter God. I want to invite you up here to the front. I want you to lift up your hands and just begin to talk with God. It does not matter what you have brought into the house of the Lord. When you bring it before Jesus, amen, all other gods fall. All other addictions fall. All other, come on somebody, amen, when you bring it before the throne of God, it doesn't matter if it is sickness. God can heal it. It does not matter what it is. There is no nothing too hard for our God. Uh, If you need God to touch your body, God can touch your body. If you need God to touch your mind because you have been battling depression, you have been battling, uh, amen, uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, I want you to come to the front uh, and begin to pray. Maybe you've been battling anxiety and you've been battling fear. Uh, The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And when you get done with God uh, and God gets done with you, uh, after God gets done there will be no more of that stuff somebody pray come on let's start this year off right God God is in this building if you need God to touch you today I want you to lift up your voice and begin to call on the name of Jesus come on you'll never thirst again after God gets done with you Come on, you'll never have to go back to that relationship after God gets done with you. You'll never have to go back to those pet sins after God gets done with you because God loves you and God wants to see you better and God wants to help you be better. And when he gets done, you'll be able to lift your voice and say, had it not been for Jesus, I wouldn't be standing here today. You can be his witness. Somebody pray. Come on, as they begin to sing, I want you to lift up your voice and pray. Come on, this year I'm not going back to some of those things I was having last year. There's things that are in my past. I'm going to leave them in my past because I met the one that quenches my thirst. This building. If you need God to deliver you, he can do it right now in a moment's notice. Lift up your voice. If you need God to touch your mind, he can do it right now. You don't need a 12-step program. You need to lift up your voice and say, God, I need to get rid of these addictions. God, I need to get rid of these. I need you to help.